Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at Gleeful Podcast, I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Yes. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. It Today was sort of a um, sort of a crazy day. Kind of sprinted all day long. So it's nice to just be sitting here. It is. It is kind of nice. That's a good point. This is the longest conversation we have all week. Everyone just happens to listen. (laughs) It's not true. It's the longest conversation we have about one thing. How's that? (laughs) But how often do you discuss one thing for an hour? Uh, yeah. Not very often. Not very often. Not wildly. I don't think we talk about movies that we see that long, that much. That's true. There was yeah. one movie we didn't talk about until like two days later. We're like, oh, yeah, what did you think of yeah, that? Yeah, we actually brought that up. What yeah. movie was that? Jeff Who Lives at Home. Jeff Who Lives. That's right. It was like two days later. I was like, oh, yeah. Remember when we saw Revolutionary we Road? Oh, God. And we never talked about it? We would just get in random fights for like two we days. We were so edgy with each other. <laughs> there was, was something about that movie just made us like go to battle. It was so depressing. <laughs> it's, a, that's a, it's a great movie, by the way. Fantastic it's movie. It's fantastic. But it's very depressing. Yeah. Ed, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm a little freaked out because in literally less in, I don't know, like at 10 a.m. So that would be 12 hours, 12 hours less than two weeks from now. I will be done with school. And you're going to <gasps> Orlando. For good, Congratulations. For good, for good. Uh, yeah. May 21st. It's like, I should like. Grad- now, what I are you doing in Orlando? 11th. God, it's like, and I'm driving down. I'm concerned about my car. <laughs> what are you uh, doing? It only has to get there one way. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I'm making. I'm only driving ten hours to Atlanta to visit my friend Julia, who yeah. was on, the, who was actually on this show forever ago. So I'm going to go visit her for oh, nice. a, like a day and a half, and then then I'm driving the last six hours. I liked so, Atlanta. So, I liked or, Atlanta uh, a lot. Oh yeah, Orlando's uh, or Atlanta's fun. I was only. Yeah. I mean, I only went through like twice now, but this is crazy. I've only been to Florida twice in my life and now this third time is like within a month of the last time and it's going to be for uh more significant okay you know what's crazy i just realized today that i am the first person even even this nine month stretch i'm the first person in my family to to leave indiana for any length of time like that like i'm like oh god i'm such a black sheep oh wow i'm like like like, my cousins got as far as indianapolis and they were like whoa so far (laughs) (laughs) me i'm like like since i was little i was like oh i want to like move really far away that was me that was me when i was literally little (laughs) now what are you doing in orlando um like uh i'm gonna do the disney college program so i'm gonna be working in the park for a little bit and i'm gonna be taking classes with at the disney college thing so even though i don't really need to take them because i'm graduated but whatever i just want to make it look good because hopefully in my dream sequence (laughs) because i don't know if most people realize this because i didn't really realize it until about two months ago that disney does have chemists and i'm hopefully (laughs) going to and they and i've and from what i've talked to people your chance of getting selected as in a full-time position increase so much if you do this college program so absolutely well i've been to the hospital there (laughs) i went to it was actually in celebration and the doctor there was very nice and and took care of my strep throat and oh and then uh my friend at work 
His brother is the chef at the the Grand Floridian. So if you ever think you're going to be over there, let me know, and I'll and I'll I know his last name, but I don't know his first name. Yeah, we're also recording this for posterity, so we might save that type of stuff. Yeah. Really. Well, anyhow, for personal I'm, information. We're very very excited for you, Ed. <laughs> we're very. I'm going to make it my you, uh, mission to paper. eat at mind. every single World Showcase restaurant and every single hotel. Oh, that's, nice. gonna be, that's my goal. Go to Morocco. With, I loved Morocco. I was at Morocco when I was there. So I, good. I, it was good, and then oh. I, I, my, my, uh, my server was Sebastian at uh, <laughs> France. I was like, lol. Did you go to? Oh, Canada. <laughs> I, I couldn't. Okay, I went to Lasseler to to go there to go to Canada, and they're like, uh, you have to have reservations. I'm like, oh, what? Okay, wow. For 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 a, a restaurant in a park, you have to have reservations. So I need to like plan that out. Oh yeah. Aww. Well, cool. We're excited for you. Yes. Well, uh, so Glee. Let's talk a little bit about there's Glee. Glee. We're excited Glee. about Glee, too. He yeah. was really good this week. It's so excited. Um, yes, we excited. had the new episode was entitled Saturday Night Gleaver. It was the second in our album-based episodes. Um, uh, possibly my favorite line from the show was when Sue said, you haven't had a good idea since Madonna week. <laughs> Which is awesome. Uh, and that was and technically then, her idea. And she's like, and then your Fleetwood Mac week, which lasted like five seconds. No, uh, no, no. Which solved everyone's problems. For five minutes, exactly. That's how. It yeah, it was. Th- there were a couple great callbacks in this. Well, there was the, sh- this the swag uh, flashback was. Oh, pretty that awesome. was fun. I wanted to see Ryan. This episode was like very self self referential and self aware. It was like mm-hmm. it's like Glee at its finest. So, uh, well, so um, that's my next question, Ed. How did what did you think of this episode? Uh, what was your temperature on it? I, I was floored. I was floored by. I, I was so I was like legitimately concerned about Mercedes. I was like, oh my god, a plot line, and I and I care. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, and, and so so for the for that, I mean, I really can't I can't fault them at all. I mean, okay, I can fault them on the whole. Let's pretend that Artie and Quinn don't exist this week thing. But beyond <laughs> that, fantastic. Beyond that little thing. Well, and it's funny thing is at the very end, Artie did get suited up in the white outfit, but Quinn was nowhere to be seen. That so, it, but, it was but, funny, yeah, that yeah. Quinn was missing. We got a couple of voicemails about that. We got a ton of voicemails this week, so I'm going to play as many of them as I can. Oh, cool. Because um, uh, the voicemails are fun. Jennifer, uh, temperature on this episode? I loved it. It was so much fun. And I think the one thing that they got right this time that they haven't in a while was balance. Either whether it was the balance of music, the balance of storylines, the balance of continuity. Yeah, I like I I agree. Like no one felt like yeah. this, well, maybe there was like a, there was like a couple stars, but it felt like very ensemble. It wasn't like oh, this is the main storyline. It was like <laughs> these are the main storylines. Yeah, and, and it, they it, all matter, it, and they all fit together very well. You never felt like well, why are we talking about this now? There's other stuff going on, and yeah, it was just it was just so much fun and. I admit I have a little, you know, guilty pleasure of disco. So Well you love this record. I you do. love I the love, Saturday well, night. Yeah, Fever my record. dad played it and you know, my dad didn't listen to a lot of music that was would have been even considered remotely contemporary for that time. So <laughs> I was really happy. <laughs> so yes, I love this. Well, really so like I'm actually a little concerned about the podcast tonight because I know a lot of people, um, <laughs> I, I, because I'm watching the chat room as we chat, um, a lot of people actually did not like this episode for a variety of reasons. But unfortunately, I have to come down with you guys. I loved this one. <laughs> I really, I haven't enjoyed an episode this much just like 
just sheer enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Like I had my issues with some of the plot lines here and there, but just kind of front to back enjoyment I thought was really great. Yeah. And the the point of balance is a really good point. It's funny how many songs are in this episode, complete songs, and how little actual dialogue they managed to fit in. Bradley Buker wrote this one, and I was going to look up some of the other episodes he wrote, um, because it was the economy... We, we, there's this like writerly term like economy of dialogue or uh, but the amount they were able to get across in very few lines was pretty amazing in this one there was a lot of we we saw genuine character growth as well as having like eight complete songs in this episode it was kind of amazing so i really enjoyed this one i i i enjoyed it a lot and um i'm not a crazy disco fanatic but this is about as good as disco got like if you're it's one of those kind of if you're a music person you should have at least one type of you know one record of every style in your collection and for disco i think this is really the only record you need this kind of defines what that genre was and i don't think disco was ever really done as well as this one record i mean this was i, I will just say that this was probably the most poppiest disco record you probably could get i mean there it, it's not as they were def there were definitely more um albums that were more Associated well, this is still associated with disco, but I'm just saying it. This was a very mainstream disco album. Oh, without question. But I mean, most people can't stomach like the really obscure. Oh yeah, well, it's like you know, you know people who stuff. say they like country music but only listen to Shania Twain. Well, yeah. no, I mean that's even still. Well, but a she's not harder. very country at all by comparison to people that are like true country. Yeah, um, Ed, I. I as the member of the group that's probably furthest from the disco generation, um, I'm curious, like, how, how do you feel like d- about disco as not only the genre it was in the 70s, but I know that your tastes now are, are very disco-based um, and dance dance music-based. Uh, do you have an affinity for this music, or is it just kind of uh, in the past? Uh, I thought there was... Okay, I have a complaint about Finn's falsetto. I mean, <laughs> it sounded... It sounded like him. Um, I wonder how much autotune was used on that. I thought the same thing. It was almost too good for him. And 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 I was like, I don't uh, like, like, is it so wrong to pull Lakeisha Jones and bring it down a couple octaves? Is it so wrong? <laughs> um, uh, besides, I mean, I thought, well, I, I made this comparison before that that the dance music of our generation is just is just the is this the disco of of our time? Like it's just. We just don't real like we won't realize the the mistakes it is until later. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, sure. Some of it, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> but that's okay. I still en- it's like it was fun. It was fun. It was like music is supposed to be music is supposed to give off an emotion, and disco gives off fun, and it does it successfully. So therefore, it is successful music. Well, there you go. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. Um, it, it was kind of nice that the the themes in these songs the stories of these songs um are very simple you know that most of them are about dancing about feeling good um there's a couple love songs and the love songs are very pure and straight ahead and so it really fit to it 
it, it just kind of melded into whatever the plot was that they needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you're right, Ed. I mean, a lot of, you know, disco is kind of about feeling good. That's kind of the main focus of it as a, as a style. And so it allowed them to do a lot of stuff around it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, they it, they didn't have those awkward moments like like in the Godier song last week where I was all distracted how, you know, the lyrics didn't quite fit the story that they were, that was actually being told through this song. Uh, and you kind of had to squint a little to find the connection. In this episode, you didn't really have that problem because yeah. these songs are so simple. It's not that complicated. And they're extremely simple. And yeah, you're, you're right. There is this sort of this um, purity or an innocence about them, you know. So it's very appropriate, I think, as yeah. well. Well, uh, we got a ton of voicemails, so let's go ahead and take a couple, listen. And we got some new people leaving voicemails, which is awesome. Hello. Uh, so uh, let's see. Let's start at the top. Hi, Justin and Ed. It's Lisa Christine, also known as Hello Motor 237. Anyway, so much happened in this episode, I will try to be quick. This episode was filled with references. We finally saw the Casey and the Sunshine Band mashup cut from the pilot episode and the montage of clips from season past. We also saw the return of other things. We saw the return of the album Center Depth, because let's be honest, she's been out of ideas since Madonna Week. <laughs> the unexpected return of Vocal Adrenaline and Jesse St. James as their coach, Lord Tubbington and Homeless Brett. But my two favorite returns were the hopeful return of Sam Sadie's and Santana's rant, which produced my favorite line of the episode, I'm a thousand percent sure that I'm actually going to be famous, just like I'm a thousand percent sure that our man-child piano player keeps a petite Eurasian locked in the trunk <laughs> underneath his bed. Was I was totally thinking of blame when that, said, when that was said. Anyways, I know the majority of the songs were BG songs, but personally, only Chris Colfer and Samuel Larson got away with the falsettos. The girls and Unique looked fierce, but overall, I liked this app because it was fun. Anyway, still loving the podcast, and hope you guys have a good week. Thanks, and bye. It did. It brought That's back awesome. a lot of... Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of fun stuff in this one. Vocal adrenaline. We haven't seen them for a while. Um, so Jesse excited James, to Jesse. Yeah, Jesse St. James. Like, Jonathan Groff was on fire in this one. It was uh. a really fun moment to see him. And, and, um, uh, and, and, you know, real quick, Alex. We got Alex from the Glee Project that my manager, who never watches Glee and never watched the Glee Project said to me today, we couldn't tell if that was actually a woman playing that role. And I guess if you looked at the credits and you saw Alex, you, you could still be confused. You might might be a little confused. Um, but so we've now completed all of our Glee Project uh, finalists mm-hmm. on the show. And uh, Jennifer, what did you think of Alex's appearance? I actually thought Alex was the best use of a new character, or the best introduction of a new character. I don't think he's quite a good actor i mean he's he's very um shy and a little bit like he he'll only go between you know um like three and seven because i really think if he let himself you know go down to one or go up to a 10 he'd be amazing so like as far as his acting he kind of stays in that little safe range um but i loved wade's storyline and i thought that um i thought he was really good and i thought his performance was amazing i mean like, I forget that Samuel's on this, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I don't really think at this point <laughs> there's anything you can do to make me care as much. And the other thing that interests me is that Alex said something as Wade that he never said, 
during the Glee project, which was that he identifies himself as a woman. Not just that he wanted to dress as a woman or dress in drag, but he actually identified himself. So I wonder how much that's him or how much that's the character. Either way, I thought that the way it was all presented and, and kind of unfolded was just, I thought it was fantastic. And yeah. I loved his performance. I thought, yeah, Boogie Shoes was amazing. And and I really thought that he, of the four Glee Project kids we've gotten, he has the best plot line. Absolutely. It was a yeah. really interesting plot line. And, and really, I mean, the conversation between him and Kurt, mm-hmm. where he's like, I thought you'd understand. And Kurt doesn't understand. Like, there's, you know, it's one thing to be gay, and it's another thing to identify yourself as a woman. There are plenty of men that like women, but still identify themselves as women. It's, mm-hmm. there. there's a line there. And so it was, I really enjoyed, like, addressing that aspect yeah. of it. Um, Ed, Alex on Glee, what did you think? I take back what I said about him. Well, I would I was not a fan. I was not a fan of him on the show, but he he made me a believer. Like I don't know. I'm 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 concerned with how well all four of these people have gone to the fact that Glee Project 2 may have upwards of 6 to 7 winners yeah, this that season. Would that would be too much, but I totally agree. I totally Like I'm I'm concerned cuz it all it all kind of went well. So yeah. I'm I'm a little concerned. They're like, you get a roll, you get a roll, <laughs> like oh. for real, like for real, like like Oprah handing yeah. out cards for <laughs> but real. But they seriously need they need to add. This is actually a couple of people saying this. Uh, Kathy O'Grady and Calchick eighty three in the chat room saying they need to add acting to the competition. Yeah. It's not enough just to do these performances because the fact is, is I love every moment Damien opens his mouth when he's singing. Yeah. But when he's acting, he's distracting. He's like, distracting and you and, and, and Samuel's to hear. not much better. <laughs> yeah, he's almost a little too passive. And Ed, I don't think you should apologize at all for whatever you, you said or felt about Alex during the Glee Project. He was horrible. He was obnoxious. He didn't present himself as a very sympathetic contestant. So, I mean, I think we were all kind of getting to that same point and, you know, wishing him off sooner than later. And, you know, we, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm, I'm actually really delighted about how well they presented um how well they introduced his character. Yeah, it was, again, like my problems with his struggles of acting the part aside, the, the whole appearance of unique and this and the whole concept awesome. of this character. I mean, it was so well written and so fun. Mm-hmm. And again, like, uh, like, like I've been saying so much this season on Glee. Oh, so we're going to go there. OK, let's see how we do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I'm. As much as Glee drops the ball, they still go there. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. Uh, well, we've been talking a lot about Alex. Uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to Boogie Shoes. Uh, this was his the song he performed with vocal adrenaline. Um, In his size 13 wides. With a crazy vocal performance. Let's go so ahead. Good. Here's a bit of a Boogie Shoes on the Gleeful Bucket.
since it, it would be interesting to follow this character, I don't, I doubt we will, but it would be interesting to follow this character through enough episodes where he actually becomes unique full time. It, it would just be, I mean, that's something I've never seen on a show that wasn't played for laughs. Yeah. On Drew Carey, it was kind of played 50-50, well, 70-30 towards laughs. But uh, yeah, I don't know I've ever seen that plot line on a TV show before. Yeah, and the other thing, um, I don't know if this was, you know, by direction or you just because of who he is, he looked so happy dressed as unique. Hello, puppy. Hello, puppy. <laughs> Drink. He looked, he looked so happy on stage and, and, and relaxed and lighter. And um, so either that was, you know, by intent or just as a result. Yeah. Um, it was really evident. And, and I like this look better than what he was doing on the... Uh, he was a little too matronly on the Glee project. Yeah, this was, was this much was much more look. fun. This was <laughs> way more glam. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, let's listen to a new caller. Hi, Josh Jennet. Uh This is listener John in St. Louis. Uh, calling to give my five-word review of Saturday Night Gleaver. Um, and that is Tina has competition now. Yeah. Quinn is officially the new Tina. She's gotten absolutely no screen time except for half a second there, sitting next to Artie in the wheelchair, and then promptly vanishes for the rest of the episode, including the great, like, big group number at the end. <sighs> well, sad fate to be resigned to, but at least she can go back and cry to all the money that she's going to make when she's a bigger star on Hollywood than most everyone else. Well, that's it. Otherwise, it was a relatively forgettable episode. So, um, wish you all good luck on your podcast. Okay, bye. <laughs> and uh, one um, more. I think this is another contrary review. Hey, this is Becca. Um, and although I liked last night's episode, I believe that my three-word review speaks for itself. Finn's falsetto hurt. <laughs> anyway, looking forward to the show. Bye. It was okay. A, it was a bit are, are we? I don't know. I'm like concerned now that I'm drinking some kind of like. Kool-Aid or something, especially because I'm, I'm concerned about the calories from that Kool-Aid. But, but I, I really did think this episode was good. Like, I thought it was well balanced and I thought it was well, like, set up and well paced. That's the word I was looking for, paced. Yeah. And, like, I, like, I must just be crazy. Or maybe I'm not crazy, but other people don't see that. Or... They have high expectations, and my expectations have been lowered. <laughs> well, nobody has higher expectations than me, and I really liked it. But I do think, I think the the challenges I've I've been seeing people have, um, uh, different people want different things from different episodes, and uh, you know, I, I think well, that I, this I was feel definitely. Like it's, it's always best with the show to just take just take it for what it is, and then judge it against itself, like not against Glee as a whole, because it's like. Like, these type of episodes are never going to be a sectional episode. They're never going to be a regional episode. But, like, I don't even think this was a filler episode. I thought this was, like, <laughs> I thought this was, like, season one, first 13 storyline moving. Like, that's how, like, 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 I want to be, when I was watching the episode today, I was like, you know, this is, this is why I like Lee. It's, like, the balanced storyline. It kind of reminded me of Smash because it was good. <laughs> because it was good. <laughs> Well, well, the main focus are, of our plot lines, we had kind of the three plot lines of Finn trying to find his dreams, uh, 
Mercedes trying to find hers and Santana and they all went about it a different way um, I guess we could start with Mercedes because we talked about her a little bit already uh, she didn't seem to really know what she wanted she finally came around to saying she wants to sing big meaty number one hits uh, with um, you know in the style of the Beyonce see I feel like that desire has like is the most true that she's been Ever. Like this whole not wanting to be Kelly Rowland thing. It's like it's like it's like it's kinda like how what they're criticizing Finn for in this episode. It's like you were saying a bunch of things, but you weren't <laughs> saying the thing you actually wanted. And then she finally just like said it. That's a but really I- good point. That's a really that's a really good point. And she's an interesting character in that um I, I like where we're starting to see the division. Like for a while, uh, it seemed like the general focus was everybody wanted to be famous. Everybody wanted to be recognized. And now we're kind of starting to see where that's fracturing off. They're wanting to be recognized and and pursue slightly different paths. You know, it was it was like Tina's like, I just want to be a performer. And, and you you do kind of have to be a little more specific than that. Uh, and so now well, we're I seeing thought, Mercedes. Well, she has. Specific. She just wants a song now. That's yeah, exactly. Just I want just song. want a song. Tina, Tina's goals get smaller and smaller Aww. as the days go on. Uh, and then, of course, we had the reunion of Sam Sadie's. I thought that was a really sweet way to put them together. There was some very sweet love story stuff in this one. Um, and, and it was subtle yeah. and not. It was, you know, it was it was maybe a little obvious because you you saw him filming her performance but it wasn't heavy hand like they didn't shove it down your throat he's just like hey listen like you you know now who you want to be and 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 you don't have to worry because other people think you're there mm-hmm. and so yeah it was really sweet and supportive without being manipulative manipulative <laughs> and, <laughs> or um or or lying about your own dreams you know, yeah. I just thought it was really, really sweet and supportive and, and and just the right amount of encouragement without, you know, like you were starting to get the we were starting to get the impression that, you know, her ex boyfriend was kind of controlling and be like <laughs> you know, maybe a little bit too yeah, controlling. So anyhow, yeah, I thought it was really sweet. Yeah, it was it was together. one of those um it was one of those kind of like lessons in love, kids. The lessons in love you can learn from television. There are very few. But uh, that was actually a very true one where Sam won Mercedes back, not by trying to win her back. He won Mercedes back by showing her how, how much he values her and how greatly he thinks of her. And that won her back. And I thought that was very sweet and, and honest. W- before where it was, hey, sing a song with me so I can tell you how much I like you. Yeah, that's pretty direct. But here it was like, this isn't about us. Yeah. And that always makes it about us. Uh, I thought that was very well done. And, I thought it was... Oh, oh sorry. So, uh, just really quick, sorry. And he wasn't trying to fix her, and he wasn't trying to, like, solve the problem for her. He was mm. just trying to, to show her. Ed? Uh, I agree with everything you said. But <laughs> oh. I thought it was interesting that Santana was seeing backup against with Mercedes when she was against her. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm oh, the one yeah. who, thought, who thought that was a little odd. I thought that was just symmetry. You're talking yeah. about when when she was singing um, Disco Inferno. I know. 
yeah i, I mean i was like okay i mean that's behind. cool i like <laughs> nice some some lovely nice competition there i'm like oh so nice yeah. i i did think that like there's no universe in which there would have been that many nice comments on twitter like 50% of the comments would have been, who are the hot cheerleaders? Tell them to take it off. 25% would have been like, this song's old. This is dumb. And then maybe five people would be like, you're Do you great. read like YouTube this. views, reviews Dude, ever? Just, I feel like, like you're a little... He knows a lot of trolls. I feel like you and little, hate, man. That is all I see on Twitter. You're a little... You're a little, on, on, you're a little old in your selection of of what the comments would be i feel like they'd be much more pointed criticisms nowadays (laughs) oh you're saying that there was a time when there was that much just anger and vitriol on youtube but now now like like there was there's like now it's more supportive and more clever no it's like liking uh like no it's like more like uh like hating haters the new having fans or something interesting Hating haters is the new hating. Having is the fans. new having fans. Is the new having fans. Interesting. All right. Well, you know, hey. I, I mean, I don't know that that's equal, though. Like, you know, just saying, just being one of those people that's blanket, this is amazing, is just as annoying to me as, as people that are blanket, this sucks. But you had, I, I mean, you had to chuckle when he said, except for the one person who thought it was going yes. to be a... a a, a car wreck <laughs> a literal like a mercedes on fire well, yeah awesome. I well maybe he shouldn't call it mercedes inferno there's like <laughs> you could name that better exactly Sam. i thought the same thing well let's go ahead and take a listen to it this is a disco inferno as performed by amber riley here on the gleeful podcast That was pretty uh that was pretty epic that's that's one off of this episode i could see myself listening to again uh which i know as ed has said is the true test of a song 
Let's go ahead and take well, a listen. What did, I, what did I say was the true test? Oh, you always song? said the true test of a Glee song is how much, how often you listen to it after the episode. Oh, that is. Oh, I agree with Ed there. <laughs> Ed's oh my God. very smart like, on that point. Yes. <laughs> so, someone, someone quoted me to me earlier today, and I was like, but he didn't say it was an Ed quote. It's like I don't. I agree with that statement a lot. And then he's like, "You're the one who said it." I'm like, "Oh, like, well, that person's I, brilliant." I know, right? <laughs> I do that a lot. I'll suggest something, and Jennifer's like, "Oh, and then we can do such and such, such and such." And I go, "That's a great idea." And she says, "It's your idea. What are you doing?" <laughs> like, it just complimenting yourself once or twice. Uh, let's take a listen to a voicemail. Here's Michelle. Hi guys, it's Michelle, aka Shalaria from Wisconsin Dells. Um, just a few comments about Saturday Night Gleaver. Even though I hate disco, this episode didn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> a few highlights include um, they should change their name to the new di- to the No Directions narrator. Um, <laughs> shoes scale model Glee Club diorama. That was awesome. Sue calls Finn Team Solomon Grundy. See too zombie like for her. <laughs> when Joe sang disco, suddenly I loved it. Such smooth tones and upper range. Mm. I'm a thousand percent sure that our man-child piano player keeps a petite Eurasian locked in a trunk <laughs> underneath his bed. Sorry, Chance. Competitive eating champion, Finn. The band sings backup now. I know, right? Orders <laughs> with a WH. Wade as unique. Cute, but where'd he get boobs? Kurt skipping through more than a woman. Highlight. Cheesy spinning room. Awful. Sam Sadie's. You ain't no skill milk, baby. Where were <laughs> Quinn and Rory? Looking forward to the podcast. Bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, totally agree with all of those observations. And yeah, like at one point we look around, we're like, wait, where's Rory and um, Sugar? Rory and Sugar were yeah. missing, yeah. Oh, and, and Quinn, I mean, it was, it was really pretty sad, too, because... The the only thing that we ever saw her in was that very opening scene, and when they were singing, dance. What was that song? What was the first song? Dan- um, we should oh, be dancing. Should, you should be dancing. Yeah. And 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 Quinn like half heartedly applauds, and then you never see her again. <laughs> <laughs> Disco sent her into a shock. Yeah, yeah she's like, I can't dance. <laughs> I'm just gonna walk away. Uh, yes. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> Oh, oh, so mean. <laughs> so we had Santana in this episode, uh, so obsessed with fame that Britney posted a sex tape on the internet of them. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what to say about this plotline, except that Lord Tubbington doing household chores is freaking oh, amazing. Oh my god! Uh, in in mop mittens. Oh my god, he's awesome. <laughs> it, it was an interesting plotline. So I didn't quite know what I. I it, it was like. <laughs> Teen like teens posting sex tapes on the internet is like a seriously like that's a, a really dangerous you know very real thing that's kind of happening right now and so the show kind of took that one a little lightly um it it, it was weird I, I, and even at the end like they didn't really take it down I wasn't that was the one plot line I wasn't entirely sure how to feel about <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny it didn't even occur to me like that it was teens i mean that does i mean Brittany's either just an idiot genius or an evil genius i haven't <laughs> figured it out because i don't know if she knew that 
thrusting Santana into the spotlight in this way would make her realize, you know, the error of her vision. Yeah. But, I mean, it worked perfectly. And, I mean, she's just so clueless and, you know, but but so so loving and supportive and, and so wanting, you know, her, you know, her girlfriend to get her dream. I don't know. So I go back and forth. I'm like, is she smarter than <laughs> we know? Or is she just clueless and lucky well i think that uh it, it, it was um it was how sue put it you know every couple years she gets an idea this one just happened to be a good one yeah uh yeah. And- no you're wrong <laughs> she's gonna break out in an inner monologue at the season finale and she's gonna blow you all away that would be amazing that would be the greatest twist ever <laughs> that she's like i'm actually a genius i just do this so i can always get my way it's like kind of like right you know right under the radar there but i mean it would all it could only work if she like disappears which i'm i'm wondering if the costs gain from that like cost loss chart would make it worth it like that moment alone would make it worth never having her again (laughs) well i mean like she she exhibited signs of it um months ago i don't remember exactly what the episode was but when she was a reporter and she kind of cornered will and you know she was using his own words against him and she had this you know crazy lock on logic for an episode it was just it was bizarre. whatever happened to fondue for two for the record. Aww. Well, and um, whatever happened to nice. Brittany being the senior class president? <laughs> well, I mean, they don't really do anything anyways. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot that they actually did have that election. She was going to give everyone, like, sugar sticks every Friday. Okay, all topless promises Wednesdays. made. Yeah, right. topless at, Wednesdays. <laughs> at any promise made during any kind of election, whether school or larger, are is pretty much... A hyperbole, <laughs> if if at all, if even true, if even true, at best a hyperbole of the truth. Now, there's a certain, there's actually something that Shu says here, uh, where after um, after Brit or Santana sings her song, and Shu says, you know, you you did this for Britney, um, which was crazy assumptive and unnecessary. Uh, but I know he's well-meaning, I guess. I think he's trying I to... Think he's, I think he was trying to read yes. into something that wasn't there. Well, yeah, I think he was trying to dress the situation in a way that would be positive for the group. You know, like, that's yeah. what teachers do. They're like, this could go either way. I'm going to play it as if it's a positive thing. And then she comes in with this, like, no, it's about fame. Like, in a, an extremely bitchy way... Um, I, I actually kind of liked his dressing down of like fame is not a goal. Like, it, you know, the, you, you don't, I don't know, it, I'm, I'm not finding the words right, but this concept of like fame at all costs, like fame is the only thing that's important. It's not how you got there. I mean, that's this total kind of, um, it, it's the reality, you know, it's the bachelorette generation. It's a very, it's a very like, Z- uh, zero zero mentality. <laughs> yeah, it's the world we live in today. Yeah, because it was, it's it's been it's such an a, easily attainable goal for so many. So I I will be the one uh, to probably unpopularly say I actually I like that that was brought up at least in some way the concept that like fame is not a goal like you do something you love and you hope to achieve fame from it uh, but yeah I I don't know I, I like that that came up I like that he was genuinely disappointed in her yeah. you know that he he 
that he didn't just play along and be like, you're silly. Like, no, he genuinely said like, well, then I'm disappointed. That's not how mm-hmm. human, that's not how grownups behave. You well, know? he knows that she has more potential than that. <laughs> exactly. He and, needs to And he knows that that's her. a shortcut that she doesn't need to take. That yeah. she'll get there eventually, but she has so much more to offer. She, I mean, he ha- he actually did kind of show some, like, teachering in this episode. <laughs> he was kind of like, wow, people are, you know, th- these are kids and they could use some guidance to help yeah. find something in their futures. I mean, that's certainly nothing anyone ever did for me in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if I'm defending Will because we all know I have my problems with Will, but I don't know. I mean, did, did, Will in this episode, like Ed, did you think he was kind of overbearing, or, or was it just you know, or did you think he was being a guide? Well, Will is never a good teacher, ever. But Will, <laughs> at his best, teaching moments, whether accidental or not probably accidental is when he's manipulative so i mean like <laughs> so, so i i would say on the will teaching scale this this was a pretty successful moment on <laughs> on a on a real teacher scale i don't know but will is just like i like i don't know i feel like we learned nothing from the spanish teacher episode nothing yeah no I, I think nothing. We, it, there's always every series you know there's a couple episodes that just don't count you know, it's like in Lost, it was the one where we learned the meaning of Jack's tattoos. Uh, in Scrubs, it was like most of season five. Like, there's always a couple that you just pretend didn't happen. And I think that the Spanish teacher episode is going to be that episode. <laughs> Jennifer's giving me a dirty look. Well, because I, I will defend Jack's tattoos <laughs> episode, even though it has Bailing in it. But I, I think there are other more like throw away in unnecessary episodes other than the Spanish ship. But I think the thing about the Spanish teacher one is that it addressed something we'd all been thinking about anyhow. And now we're like, Oh no, that doesn't matter anymore. We don't really care that well isn't a good teacher. You know, it's like we, it, it, it brought up something big and then just dropped it again. That's all. Well, um, we should definitely discuss the, uh, the 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 main flashpoint, the one that's going to uh, to draw lines in the sand. We got to talk a little Finchel, uh, but before we do, let's go ahead and take a listen to a song. You know, um, let's see, Will Will actually did a song in this one. Uh, so how about a little Night Fever? Of course he did. <laughs> uh, here is a Night Fever performed by um, Matthew Morrison and the rest of the Glee class here on the Gleeful Podcast.
So you, you and my jazz teacher, Josh. What? Yes, I realize I have no sense of rhythm. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Wait. Oh, did I didn't. I was talking to Jennifer. Oh. Yeah. Well, oh. Jennifer got up. She took her headphones off and she went to the refrigerator. Um, and oh. then as she was walking back, she was dancing and she was right on time with the song. And as she was dancing, I realized she doesn't have her headphones on. She can't hear the song. <laughs> oh. So it was really surreal. But I've so, been singing it in my head. <laughs> but Ed, your jazz dance teacher told you you don't have. Uh, you I'm working on it. I'm working on my rhythm. My, my, <laughs> I thought because I, I like started snapping and then you like said it right after I stopped snapping. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm totally self-centered. I realize now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Josh. No, not at all. That I did not mean that at all. No, no, no. You, I, I, I was appreciative of the of the comment that I was on time, but I, but that wasn't even true. <laughs> let's um, let's see. Let's play another voicemail. Uh, I haven't listened to the, this one, but I'm pretty sure I can guarantee that she's going to talk crap about Finchel to start this topic. Typo? Hey, y'all. It's Typo. I can't make the cast tonight, so I wanted to share a couple of random thoughts. Back in 1979, Disco was officially declared dead thanks to the white under the infamous Disco Demolition Night. I think, however, someone forgot to send that memo to Ryan, Ian, and Brad. The auto-tuning last night was some of the most egregious in three seasons, and that's saying something. How bad does the music have to be for me to think Alex, whom I hated on the Glee Project, had the best member of the night? Uh, which brings us to the one bright spot of the entire evening. Jesse is back. Yay. <laughs> return of Jay Groff hopefully means some wonderful St. Barry duets are in the offing. More importantly, plot-wise, Jesse is probably the only person who can um, who can talk to Rachel about the stupid, idiotic, short-minded ideas she's had about Finn lately. <laughs> the Rachel of season one signed her name with a star because it was a metaphor for how someday she would be a star on Broadway. Nothing was going to stand in her way. Not Glee, not teachers she didn't like. She was going to be famous. What happened to that Rachel? Not go to Broadway? Jesse needs to fix this bitch ASAP. <laughs> in other crutches, really shoe a dancing contest the week your student says she may never dance, she may never walk again? Good choice. That, of course, brings us to my two-word review and the great glee mystery of 2012. Where's Quinn? Mm. It is true. We lost some Quinn. But I know that this yeah. is the argument that I, I read a lot about Finchel. We got a couple emails about it um, from uh, C.O. Grady, uh, or Kathy in the UK as well, um, saying, what is, or what is Rachel thinking? You know, what is Ray, from the very beginning, Rachel said, I'm going to New York. Nothing's going to stop me. What is she thinking, saying to Finn that uh, she would stay, you know, or she wouldn't go to New York? Um, and my argument is going to be uh, that, or my argument is, quite frankly, that's what grownups do for the people that they love. Like, we make sacrifices for the people that we love. And likewise, if Finn is going to be a grown up in love, he's going to look back and he's going to say, no, this is your dream. This is the most important thing in the world to you. 
we will find a way to make this happen. We will find a way that we can both be happy. That's how what people do when they're in love. I actually felt that between the two of them, this was the most mature, genuine, loving relationship they'd shown all along where he finally called her on. I kind of worry that you're loving me for who you hope I'd be and for, you know, who you uh, dreamed, you know, dreaming that you'd marry the captain of the football team and maybe not me being involved there. And, you know, and, and her actually saying, you know, maybe I do need to put myself second in it in order to be in love, to be in a relationship, to be in a, a, a mature adult. That's what is required in this situation. And, you know, Finn doesn't know what the hell he wants to do with his life. I don't think that's a crime. Like, the fact is, is I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life until, I don't know. Like, I I, I don't really know. I still don't really know. No. So I'm okay with that. Like, I don't um. think that's a crime that he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. But I, I like that he's trying now. Like, this is the first time he said, I'm going to do this. I want to do, like... I, I picked something and I think picking something because that's what, you know, again, I can only see the world through my eyes. That's what I never did. I never picked something. So I'm really looking at this as saying this was a huge moment of growth for both of them. She was willing to put herself second for the man that she loves so that they can be happy in a functional, mature, grown up relationship. And he's willing to pick something and, you know, pick something in a way that will also allow him to support her and be a part of her life as well. What he picked was totally absurd and unnecessary. And I, and I, I see that lasting two episodes. But he picked something. And that's a victory, especially when you're freaking 18. Uh, so I, I really felt that this was a huge moment of genuine maturity from Finchel. And it totally worked for me. And, you know... I, I thought for the first time it wasn't just I love you. It was this is why and this is what I'm willing to do for it. And that's where real love is. That's where, you know, where the rubber meets the road. And uh, so, you know, that was my reply to Typo, which is not going to change your mind at all. Uh, Jennifer, <laughs> Finchel in this episode, where did you come down on this one? I, I mostly agree with you. I mostly, I, I definitely agree that it was nice to see both of them realizing, you know, what they loved about each other, why they wanted to be in this relationship, and what they were willing to do for that. I, I thought that was amazing. And, yeah, extremely mature, very, you know, very commendable. Um, I just think for... 18-year-olds, I think it's a little unrealistic that it has to be either or. I'm sorry, they're 18. I think if if they're at this point in their relationship where, you know, they are ready to commit their lives to each other and they can discuss their feelings on these levels and, and, and bring that level of maturity and perspective to the relationship, then I think that they could both sustain going after their goals in different places. I don't think mm. they need to be living in the same apartment or even in the same city. Yeah, there there are more options than right. just this. So I'm kind of, I'm I'm mostly with you on this one. I do think that, um, you know, it, it, it it's refreshing to see people be, you know, a little bit selfless and to be, um, to be that honest. So. It's definitely a Rachel we never would have seen in season one. I mean, that actual um, 
they're, they're both very different characters yeah. than they used to be. Yeah, they've which evolved, is, which is nice. Yeah, like, and, and they've evolved in different ways. It's, it's interesting. And most of the characters I feel on this show have kind of evolved from nothing to something. Uh, you know, Santana wasn't a character, and then she became a character. Uh, with, with Finn and Rachel, they were something, and they're evolving into something else. Uh, which is hard as a viewer because we fell in love with one Rachel and I don't, you know, you don't always want a Rachel to change the way that Rachel has changed. Uh, but in this particular case, it was, it, I really liked seeing a Rachel that, that, you know, put love first, um, at least for a little while. Uh, Ed, what did you think about Finchel in this episode? I pretty much agree with you, Josh, about how, about the Finn, Rachel, like, like this is the first time that I legitimately 100% believed in them as a couple. Like, I, I, I believe in them now, and I, I was like rooting for them. Like, yes, you could figure this out. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how, and I don't know when. Probably in season four, but, <laughs> but you can figure this out. It, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. And I, like, I know I. So, because I didn't watch the show until today, but on Twitter when it was happening live, I kept seeing like tweets from people like being like Rachel St. James. I'm like, but watching the episode, I'm like, no, I do not want Jesse and Rachel together. I am, I am, at this moment, I am the most happy I've ever been with the Rachel Finn coupling. So wow, and so that's a big thing. Yeah, that's seriously. Big. Now, someone mentioned Animal Puff mentioned in the chat room a really good point too. Finn's outburst on uh, uh, on Mr. Shu was very real. And I remember at that age feeling exactly that way, mm-hmm. like not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, but just knowing like there are these brief moments, you know, because I was also a performer and I was also, I wasn't an athlete, but uh, there are these moments where even though you don't know what you want to do with your life, where it's like when he's on stage, that's when life makes sense. But he doesn't know if he, you know, like it's all the other stuff that he's yeah. having trouble with. And, and that was very real. I mean, that concept of like, I, you know, again, I almost didn't go to college because yeah. I couldn't figure out what the heck I wanted to do with myself. Uh, and, and, and so I, yeah, I felt that was a really real moment. And just, you know, his line like, can you make me be young forever? Because that's the one thing you can't do for me. It's a very real feeling at that stage. It's so interesting because I never really thought about that where you don't know what you want to do, but you want to know whatever you can do to feel like that you do in that moment. I mean, I never really looked at it that way. I mean, like growing up or like in high school, it was always about what are you good at or what do you really, really want to do? You know, like mm. people either were good at one thing or really wanted to do something. And those are the directions that they were pointed in. Or, you know, in, in I'm going to say like 80% of the time, people went with what they were good at. And whether it was, you know, like, like oh, you know, I don't suck at math, so I'm going to be, you know, a mathematician. Or, I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't suck at biology, so I'm going to be a scientist. Or, like, it was just more of a... Um, I remember in high school, everybody thinking, well, what am I going to do that I'm not going to be a total failure at? <laughs> or what what can I do to actually support myself and then maybe someday a family? Yeah. So interesting to be able to articulate that another way, it was just, you know, pretty groundbreaking for Finn to, <laughs> you know, for him to say, hey, I like this. How do I get that more often? Yeah, it's a... It, it's also um, 
I, I, the other thing I think I like about the Finn storyline is there's these different ways that life goes in that. You know, there are people that know from a very young age exactly what they want to do. And then there's people that don't know and really don't care. You know, Brittany isn't having these crises, you know. It's like, I, you know, Puck... Puck's cool. Like, he's got this plan to move to LA and yada, yada, yada. But if he didn't, Puck would be fine. But he's there got are a people who. He's a business model. He's actually, working on it. <laughs> that's true. Um, but there are people that do actually have this crisis, you know, that genuinely that don't know what they want to do, but do, but want to know something, you know, that, that, that there's, there's a place in the middle that, that Finn kind of fills. Um, and there are a lot of people like that. And so I yeah. think that's, that's an interesting storyline. Um, it, it's definitely a lot easier to write and a lot more common on television that people are like, this is what I want to be forever. And they yeah. never change their opinion. Um, but that does make Finn an extremely frustrating character because those people, as my wife can assure you, are really frustrating people. <laughs> and so, you know, that well, that's going to, that's not, he's, he's not going to have an easy life. <laughs> well, no, but I think he's also more pragmatic. I think, you know, the one thing that, you know, Finn has on his side is, you know, he is a bit of a realist. You know, he's seen what his yeah. mom has gone through. He, he, he's seen what other people in that town have gone through. He's not delusional. He's not... Okay, we know people that think that, you know, suffering for your art means, like, sleeping on somebody's sofa for five years. And just because you choose to be poor for we five years... We know person, but anyway. <laughs> just because you choose to be poor for five years doesn't mean that you're suffering for your art. It just means... You're, you... you're, you're stupid at marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm... I'm it means you have friends with really comfortable couches. Yeah, I mean, it's not to say that, you know, people who are successful and famous now didn't do the same thing, but they were also doing other things so <laughs> to to better themselves. So, yeah, I mean, just just it's. It's different. It was I, such I, a, I think he'll be okay. I, like the, I it think has he's been so long. It's been so long that we've had sixty minutes of this level of discussion yeah. about an episode, and an episode that also had we're not even going to play half the songs by the time we're Ooh. done. Like we really had a there a lot of stuff went down, and it was good stuff. It was fun stuff to talk yeah. about. Uh, well, we uh, heard a lot of voicemail about. Finn's uh, falsetto, Corey Monteith's falsetto, yeah. falsetto in this episode. We can go ahead and take a listen to that. Uh, and uh, when we come back, I'll ask you if you think it was real or auto-tune. Uh, can I just make one comment about this course. performance? I think one of the greatest things about it was Darren Chris in the the slacks <laughs> and the vest ensemble. Uh, uh, it just fits his body. So, you know, perfect. <laughs> here's a bit of How Deep Is Your Love uh, on the Gleeful Podcast. Oh, wait, not this one. That's not what I wanted. Which one did I want? You want More Than a Woman. More Than a Woman. That's the one I wanted. Here's a bit of More Than a Woman here on the Gleeful Podcast. Chance for 
looked really good in this in this number too. Like Corey looked a little silly in the '70s getup, but it fit everyone else. Comment. Some I have to say, kind of kind of off topic, is that uh, Kurt or. Uh, Chris Colfer's hair in this episode was the best hair he has had in the entire show. He had that kind of loose pompadour up top. Yeah. It was actually kind of the same hair that that Jesse's that Jonathan Groff had in I, his scenes. Jesse looks so hot. That with was his hair shorter. Great. They had great hair in this episode. And Rachel, I'm so over her severe bangs. She's been sporting those for the last two seasons, or equivalent of two seasons. It was nice to see, you know, the softer side sweat bangs on her and. In the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, definitely fit her. Yeah, it kind of works for all of them. Brittany and the multicolored dress worked very well. Yeah, and, and Santana and Mercedes with, you know, kind of the fairer wings. Which... <laughs> Absolutely. And, the, and the, the pants dress, that was the one thing. I hated that look when it was popular. Oh. Santana's pants dress during her number. But she, uh, but come I, on. Can't do Look that. at that body, though. <laughs> I mean, she has a, she has a fine body for it, but I always she thought whenever I look at that outfit, I just see wedgie like that. Those pants, dresses, all I ever yeah. see is wedgie when I look at. It. Remember the girl in the gold lame one we saw recently? Where? Oh, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, it was at the uh, Pink Parlor, Pink Parlor Fest. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I, I vaguely remember this, but I don't yeah. remember. Anyway. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun it's one. making a comeback. Um, that's about all I have for this episode, though, guys. Ed, do you have anything else? No, I think we did a really good job discussing this one. Awesome, Jennifer. Uh, just else? a couple little things. Um, I, I loved Will's diorama with um, miniature art figurines along with two little wheelchairs. I thought yes. that was great. That was great. I think it's awesome that... They bring in this ridiculous set piece and they finally explain it out by saying, oh, yeah, Sue, of course, has a replica of the Sad Night Fever um, dance floor. Makes total sense. <laughs> you Which, bet she does. Oh, uh, yeah, she according does. To the, uh, according to Michael Hitchcock, that was the actual floor from the movie. That would be fantastic. And lastly, come on, Becky rocking out while, you know, working that sewing machine. I thought that was pretty cool. That was fun. There was oh, some that- really cute... Stuff that, you know, was just sort of inserted in there, but again, you know, inserted in the songs without drawing a lot of attention away from the the focus of the show. Yeah. yeah. There was one funny part. Uh, They kept bringing back Saturday Night Fever, the film, as some kind of uh, empowering story. And uh, to the point where Will even played it for for. Um, yeah. for Finn, Finn at that point saying like watch this this is a story about you know this is an inspiring story about a kid in New York who fights for what he wants I'm like well yeah but you do have to look past all the domestic violence and rape like and that is the, not the, the drugs and the suicide <laughs> that is an R-rated and movie and the guys. violence yeah <laughs> it's a really hardcore film I mean if they remade it today yeah. it would be pretty adorable and G-rated, but at the time, oh. that movie's got so much stuff in it. Ed, have you actually seen Saturday Night Fever? Of course not. Oh, well, oh. you should. It, it, it is outstanding. The sequel's horrible, but it, it is an outstanding I can't movie. believe they call that a sequel. It's a it's sequel. It's so not a sequel. Because Tony Manero's in it. That's the only reason that but Staying Alive is a sequel. It could have been anybody. 
<laughs> and all the songs are written by Frank Stallone. That's so bad. And it's directed, or it's written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. And he just wears this, you know, stupid headband. It's so bad. <laughs> so bad. Um, but yes, you should all watch uh, Saturday Night Fever. It's a, it's a fantastic film, but just know that it's crazy. Like it's not, it's <laughs> it, not cuddly. It's hardcore in a lot of places. Uh, so yeah, that's it's worth checking out. But before we go, Ed. Would you like to thank any iTunes reviewers? Um, we only have one in the American store that's new this week. Susan in Indiana. Thank you for the review. Oh, and then and I'm gonna hit up I'm gonna hit up Australia today. So Okay. Nice. Down. So I'd like to thank uh, Dino1259, Monique Monique01, the Aussie Gleek, Little Wonder2, CMMI, Sky Splits, Lee1350, Taylor Contemplation, Wemma Love, Book Freak. Um, gleeful equals an often an awesome explosion two pumpkins <laughs> wow. mom aussie 3110 leak for life georgia ford emiz123 fairy lights dana de la cruz kimmy burley and kimmy kimelisa so I'm awesome gonna... thanks very thank much you. to everybody thank you aussie gleeks absolutely yeah, that's so um, cool if you'd like to weigh in on anything tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Also go to Facebook, search for Gleeful Podcast, and you can join the conversation with the listeners there. Um, I, w- I want to ask you something, Josh. Yes, sir. Why on our iTunes feed is our picture no longer there? It's not? It's not been there for our at least iTunes a month. iTunes feed? Okay, I'll figure it out. I'll fix okay, it. Thank you. I had no idea. I like I like calling you out on these things on the show because it has a has a higher percentage chance of you doing something yes. about it. <laughs> and, and hashtag Josh fix this or Josh fix it. That's the other one. Uh, yeah. Uh, to to get it to happen. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat room. Uh, Nalen P, Daniela Shanti, Calchick eighty three, Shalaria, who we heard a voicemail from earlier on the show, I believe. Nice. Uh, Audrey Flack. Uh, FB1622 8673540 Defy Gravity Kathy O'Grady Sapien Benavides Chaka K uh, Animal Puff I think those are Hello Moto 237 <laughs> I think I got most of them You sound uh, like Paul Rudd in the Ten Commandments <laughs> Oh yes <laughs> Greatest trailer ever so uh, awesome. For an extremely mediocre movie Check it out uh, Everybody for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ned I'm Josh I'm Jen Apparently, I need to incorporate the word magical into my vernacular more. Ooh. That's a good, that's good advice. That's it, always good advice. Is this, is this dictated by the, no, the Mouse but, Kingdom? No, but, but, but I'm following Disney World problems on, uh, on Twitter. And, one, and they, like, one of the things was like, I say the word magical is five times a day. I'm like, oh, I, I don't. I need to do it more. Not <laughs> okay. enough. Well, Ed, it's been magical. Have a magical night, Ed. Magical. (laughs) (laughs) Jazz hands.
Ed, do you want 30 seconds of American Idol? Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, Joshua Ledette is very talented and doesn't have Lusky Skank. So I actually hope, I've decided officially that if, with a capital IF, if Elise goes before Final Two, which is very possible, but I'm just, I'm gonna I'm gonna lie to myself and tell me it's not tell myself it's not possible. If she goes, Joshua Ledette is officially my horse. After that, um, <laughs> uh, Skylar Lane. I thought she could never make the final two, but she's she's proven me wrong. I think I think she like because I was like, ah, oh, Skylar is so much better than Lauren, but she has no chance of making final two. But even though I have yet to vote for Skylar, only because I'm only because this is war, and if you're not voting for Elise, I hate you. <laughs> but not really. I don't really hate you, but I, I hate you on some level. Um, so I don't know. That's I Jessica Sanchez. I don't. Now, now that she got the lowest votes and got saved, and I'm thinking about it more. I I really don't know if she could win because she she isn't having these breakout moments that she should be having yeah. and i don't care what anyone says about colton dixon but his lack of a clear vocal turns me off and he hates melodies i'm like why do you hate melodies melodies <laughs> are what drive radio mostly today i mean there are some exceptions but colton dixon you're not you're not the Melanie Amaro. You're not going to be the exception, okay? <laughs> okay, thank you. That's well, it, thank you. Okay, so just total uh, backseat driving here on this whole thing. Everything that I've heard about Jessica Sanchez is she she kind of falls under the the spell of like the, or the curse of the Pia Toscanos and the Catherine McPhees, where beautiful voice, beautiful girl, zero personality. Jessica Sanchez is the best karaoke singer idol has okay. seen <laughs> since Catherine McPhee like like yeah. OMG amazing karaoke singer that's kind of the, the the vibe I got from it and oh there was something else that you said that made me think of hmm I can't remember what the other thing was but oh I um Lane what's the Skylar Lane yeah Josh sent me I remember this was you know, the very beginning of the season when we said, okay, we're not going to watch it. And it was down to like the final 14 or something like that. Josh sent me the link to all of the performers, you know, the performance videos on, oh no, they didn't. And he said, I really like Skylar. And I'm like, you, I mean, you pretty much, the impression I got is that you were picking her from the beginning. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was just that first week. Um, yeah. But yeah, but that first week she was the one I liked the most. Yeah, absolutely. But well, actually, Joshua was the one I liked the most yeah. that first week. But, um, you and know, I, it would be nice to see a girl win that show someday. But I love that there's well, somebody on this show called Phil Phillips. <laughs> Phil Phillips. Uh, Phil Phillips is interesting. I really, really am excited to see how it turns out. And I'm not going to be one of those people who are like, well, if, if my favorite gets voted off, I'm going to stop watching because people who do that are you bullshit. You never will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they are bullshit. I, like, I, like, I seriously was reading a comment like, a week ago being like once Haley was voted off idol i stopped watching it i'm like okay so you stopped watching for the finale which she was on i'm like okay well so let's 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 move on with our lives for a yeah. millisecond and just i mean i'm still gonna watch the show i'm still interested even even if elise god forbid is eliminated tomorrow i will continue to watch the show to the bitter end i mean the most i ha hadn't watched the show was season nine when i kind of like tuned out after tim Irving got eliminated and picked up at the final two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, hey, so who do you think will go home tomorrow night? 
who I who do I think deserves to go home tomorrow night? No, no who do you who think, do you think will go? No, home? I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the whole spectrum. Who I think deserves to go is Colton Dixon. Okay. And who do I think will go? I think it's very possible it's Elise. And I think based on just let see Holly, who I would have pegged to go before, had to have her best night in like a month on this show. I'm like, oh, thank you, Holly, for showing up. Where have you been? For like, <laughs> but whatever, but whatever. Uh, it's, it, I'm just, ho- I'm just hopeful. I'm still vo- tonight. I'm vote. I'm voting for Elise, like desperate. All right. Adina just, Adina just came <laughs> I'll home. I keep my fingers why. crossed for her. Yes. Well, this has been. 30 seconds of American Idol <laughs> with Ed. This is like 30, 30 hours of Idol seconds. with Ed. <laughs>